Hello, 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 and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed. Welcome in to episode number 57 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm feeling pretty good. We've had 57 episodes. I think I've opened up, I don't know, 50 of those 57 episodes by referring to our daily dystopia, the horrific state of things. But finally, finally, we can see the finish line. Relief has been passed. Almost 3 million vaccinations per day. On May 1st, the president said it. Open it up. Every adult will be eligible for a vaccine on May the 1st. Finally, finally, we can see the light. Literally, it's actually sunny where I live in Boston. It's been a nice week. We've had some warm weather. Uh, The world just seems much happier. It does. Still a long way to go, but we take the rays of light as we can get them. And our managing editor, Don Ennis, got got her first vaccine shot this week. So congratulations to Don. She's leading the OutSports team in the vaccination efforts. And uh, I look forward to joining her there soon. So good vibes to kick off this week's show. Um... I'm very excited about our guest this week as well. One of the top stories in not just our world of LGBTQ sports, but I think all sports over the last several weeks have been the proliferation of anti-trans legislation that we're seeing in 20 states across the country. Many of of this legislation aim towards curbing trans athlete participation And this week, we saw Mississippi gain the dubious distinction of signing the first trans athlete ban of 2021 into law. Governor Tate Reeves signed that odious piece of legislation this week. Never mind the fact that a pandemic is still going on. Never mind the fact that there's been no running water in Jackson, Mississippi, the state capital, for about four weeks now since their winter storms last month. Never mind all of that. Never mind the pressing matters that we actually elect our officials to take care of. Yeah, let's make sure that trans girls and trans women can't play sports. That sounds like a good plan, but that is what's happening in Mississippi. Signed into law, it will be enacted July 1st, barring legal challenges, which will certainly arise. Idaho last year, of course, signed an anti-trans ban into law, but a federal judge issued an injunction to put a hold on that. We'll see if something similar happens with Mississippi. We also had the South Dakota Senate pass an anti-trans bill this week as well that would ban trans women and girls from playing sports in accordance to their gender identity. And South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, who of course has those presidential aspirations in 2024, said she is excited to sign the bill. And as an extra gut punch, she said she was excited to uh, that the bill passed on International Women's Day, effectively saying that trans women are not women, which is just disgusting and despicable. So this week on the show, Uh, I'm bringing aboard someone, a trans athlete, a trans woman who's lived uh, this and lived through this uh, perhaps more than anyone. Uh, I mean, Fallon Fox is a retired mixed martial arts fighter. In January of 2020, Sid Ziegler called her the bravest athlete in history. And it's difficult to argue with that, knowing the kind of vitriol that's been spewed in her direction. 
let's just go through some of the greatest hits before I introduce Fallon and we get on with the interview. So Joe Rogan, right? We all know Joe Rogan, host of the wildly popular podcast. We love him. Joe Rogan, the bros go crazy for him. Well, this is what he had to say about Fallon Fox back in 2013 when she announced and came out as trans. And she came out as trans when she did because she was going to get outed otherwise. A mixed martial arts reporter had found out her identity, was threatening to out her. So she outed herself to get out ahead of the story. So that is some extra context to put in the back of your mind. So Joe Rogan had to say, of course, has been a UFC announcer and broadcaster. Uh, she calls herself a woman, but I tend to disagree. She used to be a man, but now she has had, she's a transgender, which is the official term that means you've gone through it, right? And she wants to be able to fight women in MMA. I say no effing way. That was Joe Rogan. Very nice. This is what Dana White has said about Fallon Fox, of course, the head of UFC. So before you even think about fighting in the UFC, he was a man and now he's a woman. He's fighting girls who have losing records. Before you get too crazy about him being in the UFC, he's so freaking far from being in the UFC that it's not even funny. Just a despicable quote from Dana White from misgendering Fallon to the insults. Disgusting. And that trickled down to the fighters. Ashley Evan Smith defeated Fallon Fox in a match. Fox's only loss as a professional. She was 5-1 and one in her career. This is what Ashley Evan Smith said after, again, she beat Fallon Fox in the ring. I don't feel like Fallon should... I, I don't... Oh, here we go. Here we go. I don't feel like Fallon should fight dudes, she said. I don't feel like she should fight women. I feel like there should be a unique organization for those needs. She did have an advantage. She definitely did. Even though, again... Ashley Evan Smith beat Fallon Fox. A couple weeks ago, our own Sid Ziegler wrote another post about four myths and flat out lies being told about Fallon Fox because she's always the center of these debates when they get brought up and the, the lies just go on and on from that she broke the skull of an opponent, which we'll talk about in the interview, which is not true. She did not break an opponent's skull. What she did was, is she gave an opponent a concussion, so which is, which is different than breaking the skull of an opponent, and she also uh, broke an opponent's orbital, which is part of the skull, but not the skull. So these are gruesome injuries, no doubt, but they're injuries that happen in mixed martial arts. She did not break an opponent's skull. Um, there's also a photo that's been going around for years of a female MMA fighter, Kay Hansen, who's bloodied all over her face. And the photo has been presented as Kay Hansen after she fought Fallon Fox. Here's the issue, though. Fallon Fox has never fought this woman. In fact, the year, uh, the, the photo, which has Kay Hansen covered in blood in the ring, was taken years after Fox was retired Kay Hansen was fighting a fighter named Cal Schwartz. <laughs> so, a total lie. And again, to go back to Ashley Evan Smith, the argument that cisgender women had no chance against Fallon Fox is completely, is completely wrong, excuse me, <clears throat> because Ashley Evan Smith is a cisgender woman who beat her. So, 
that's just a quick rundown about the vitriol and the hate and the bigotry and the discrimination that Fallon Fox had to endure throughout her mixed martial arts career. She's a strong advocate now. Uh, she did retire from the ring in 2015 due to injuries, but she remains a visible presence on social media and across other media channels pushing for trans inclusion. So Fallon Fox is coming up on the show to talk about her MMA career, her relationship with the sport now, her take on the fight for inclusion, and so much more. This is a good one. It's the Sports Kiki. Thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome back to the Sports Kiki Podcast. As I mentioned in the opening, uh, I've never been in any sort of fight ever in my life. So talking to someone who used to do it for a career is certainly uh, certainly something different for me. Uh, Fallon Fox is a retired MMA fighter. She came out as transgender in 2013, becoming the first openly trans athlete and in MMA, uh, she lost only one match in her MMA career, and she is now on the Sports Kiki podcast. Fallon, thank you for the time. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, Alex. Good to be here. Good to yeah. be talking to you. It's it's great to talk with you. I've been reading about you for so many years. Um, let's just start here. Were you interested in mixed martial arts and combat sports growing up, or did you become interested later in life? Oh, let's see here. I mean, of course, like, as everyone, like, well, as many people did, like, you know, I grew up watching, like, UFC, the first UFC, you know, got interested in it uh, back then. Uh, yeah, and uh, then uh, later on, uh, picked, started watching female MMA and thought that was, you know, pretty awesome and got interested in it that way, so. yeah. And, uh, so female, cause, cause while you were transitioning growing up, I was reading that you wore, wore oh, dress. Yeah. Right. I hate, I hate it when they say female women. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so female mixed martial arts. Cause that, I love it because it goes against so many of the gender norms, right? That we have the norms that, you know, masculine, big and tough, feminine, no, but I, I love that. I love how female mixed martial arts really kind of goes against all of that. Right. You're right. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and and what is your mindset when you when you stepped into the ring? Because as I mentioned, I've never really laid a hand on anybody, so I can't I can't even imagine the mindset of my a fighter. mindset. Let's see, my mindset here. Oh, I mean, where to begin? I mean, <laughs> uh, let's see. Before a fight, I'm, I'm always like really really nervous, you know. Um, and I get like jelly legs like stepping into the ring. You know, um, that's just like, I think like every fighter who goes into the ring, like has a little bit of like anxiety and fear, like stepping into the rage, uh, into the cage. I mean, you're, you're actually going to step in there and somebody's you know, going to try and take your head off or choke you out in some way, you know, it's, you know, the threat to your health. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, um, in preparation for it, uh, training, you know, I really don't think about that much. I'm focused on it in the gym and getting prepared for a fight. And, you know, it's always a good, it was always a good pleasure to, to be training with like, you know, other women MMA fighters and other fighters learning skills and stuff like that. Yeah. But that mentality of wanting to get in the ring and knowing you potentially could get beaten up. Like why, why does that interest you? <laughs> why did that interest you? Why does it interest me? That's yes. a good question. That's a good philosophical question. Why yes. does that interest anyone? I don't know. I, I, I wish I could 
If, if I could answer that question, I think I'd be like, I don't know, a billionaire or something, maybe. <laughs> but you like doing it, obviously. Oh, of course. I love doing it, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Because I was inspired by other women athletes to do this because, you know, it's fun because it kept me in shape because, you know, it's a thrill because, you know, it's like, I, I suppose it's something like how a skydiver feels when they jump out of a, uh, off a mountain or off an airplane or something, you know, or a mountain climber or something like that. It's, it's a real adrenaline, adrenaline rush, number one. And plus, um, being a professional MMA fighter, you get to be known as, you you know, one of the best at that craft. So, you know, it's it's pretty fulfilling to do that and be that. Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel about the MMA community today? How do I feel about the MMA community today? Um, let's see here. I think... MMA has increasingly grown more right-wing, I guess, more conservative, mm-hmm. you know, over the years. And I, I, I suspect that has to do a lot with um, the UFC and the way it's promoted by um, Dana White, the way that he talks about his fighters, women fighters, the way that he treats his athletes you know he doesn't pay them well you know and won't let them unionize and stuff like that it's just it's all embedded in the culture and this hyper masculinized culture um of the ufc right now and then the fan base kind of like just draws on that i think yeah so i i mean i've been wondering for years you know reading your story and the and the vitriol that's been spewing against you and the lies and why did you still compete and why do you still love fighting given all the shit you've had to deal with? Well, um, I unfortunately got injured um, in both my knees and like I'm recovering from that. Right. But I mean, I, I, I originally, I, I kept going. I mean, after it, let's see, I came out uh, after my second fight. Right second professional fight and you know i had let's see four more fights after that i had six fights total in my career i mean i I felt like i belonged there you know and i wasn't going to go away i didn't feel like i was going to give up and you know i guess let them win yeah that makes me you know yeah i was wondering how much that played into it that was a part of it yeah of course yeah yeah. What else what else fueled you? What else fueled me? Um my daughter, I guess, you know. Wanting to not, you know, give up and, and be an example for her, you know. If I were to give up in life, you know, just because of what people said, you know, I wouldn't want her to follow that example, so Yeah. I was going to ask, because we wrote a piece, uh, Sid wrote a piece a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it, displaying the four myths and lies attached to you, and just going through that, you know, the the photo of a bloodied Kay Hansen, which was taken after she fought a different fighter, 
to, you know, the lies that you broke uh, Tamika Brent's skull. Um, just, I'm just wondering, you see all of these outright disgusting lies. How do you, you sound calm and relaxed talking to you now. How have you kept, how do you kind of keep, keep your composure and, and brush that off as the BS that it is? Oh yeah. Yeah. That is wild, huh? The way that they put that out there. They said yeah. that I, I don't know. They say that I, I broke, I'm breaking women's skull. First <laughs> I said it was one. I broke one person's skull, which I didn't. I thought to make a Brent and um in the fight i gave her an orbital bone fracture which is not a skull break (laughs) you know and that kind of like i I guess grew into some myth some tale that like you know i crushed two women's skulls now then it turned into three and like (laughs) i'm just crushing their whole skulls and they're like dying or something it's like the pain and the horror i don't know but yeah, I mean, am I, am I, uh, I suppose I, 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 people say that I'm taking it in stride, I guess, but I mean, it is, you know, it does uh, bother me that, you know, people would say such things, you know? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I didn't mean to imply that it doesn't bother you. You seem very cool and calm about it now, but yeah, just like when you see crap like that, what, what are you feeling? It's, uh frustration frustration mostly like you know it's like after everything after after all this time has been has gone and people haven't realized you know that you know trans women don't have advantages you know in the sport and i don't know and and just the hatred that of course you can sense coming from a lot of people what people are saying in the post it, it disgusts me, actually. So, yeah, and I notice you're very active on Twitter now, and obviously this is uh, quite a pivotal time with all the assaults we're seeing across the country on trans inclusion in sports. Um, how do you plan to use your platform now to fight for inclusion? Oh, I plan to fight for it as as much as I can. I mean, I'm planning on doing some speaking engagements and some panel discussions on the topic of transgender people in sports. So, I mean, do some doing some of that and supporting other LGBT athletes. There are a lot of LGBT athletes that uh, I come into contact with. They visit my website or they visit my social media and uh, helping, I guess, inspire them to go on in their sport. So, yeah. And why? Where do you think the genesis of all this, these hatred and these lies? Where do you think it, it could possibly come from? The genesis of all the hatred and the lies. Where could it possibly come from? Um, misogyny. Yeah. I think. You know? I think it's all based in misogyny. You know? And they think, you know, it's it's that whole idea that um, anything that once was once male <laughs> or presented uh, masculine behavior uh should not um exhibit like female behavior or be female or whatever it's just like you know that type of thing so yeah i i, I think almost this just this strict uh which is why again i go back to the point that i love the whole concept though of female mixed martial arts because it goes against a lot of those norms that people 
point out, but it's, uh, yeah, I guess. And what is one thing too, as a trans athlete that you would like to people to, people to know about what trans athletes are going through and what's, and yeah, like, like what's one part of the debate that you just like scream in agony whenever you hear it said? Scream in agony. Uh, <laughs> or maybe you don't. But. <laughs> Which I do like often. I'm, 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 so, I'm sure when I'm seeing all these things float by me online and everything like that. Um, the idea that, that we take all competitions, that we, we win all competitions, this idea that we're winning everything which is completely bogus. I'm completely tired of this, this idea. I mean, take me for an example. Like, I'm the only professional athlete, transgender athlete that's out there in the United States. I mean, there's one other one that's in, that's in another country. I think she's from France or something like that, the soccer player. But, mm-hmm. I mean, why are, there no, why are there no other professional transgender athletes? You know? You would think that, like, if that were the case, there would be like a lot of us around, right. you know, or trying to, or you would think that I would have smashed everyone in my competitions, which I didn't. Right. I lost a tournament, you know, uh, a tournament that I was in. Um, so it's just this, this idea that we're taking everything that we're, 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 we're taking everything from, from women, which we are women, Right. You can't take anything from ourselves, I guess, you know. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Those no, things it, like that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, uh, and like, and what, what's been crazy about what you were going through is so, like, you know, you're fighting, you know, I, I go back to what happened with Ashley Evan Smith. And I know you wrote a rebuttal to her that we published a few years ago. Like, this is someone who beat you. You know, she knocked you out, and then she and then she's saying that you hit too hard. I mean, the point of you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Fallon. I'm not an expert, but the point of mixed martial arts is to hit hard, right? So to be told, you're, I you're, think that would be the point. So to be told you're hitting too hard, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense whatsoever. You know, yeah, she said that I that I, that I hit hard. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, and and so does she, and so does so does I mean all the other female fighters. I mean, we're trying to do that, so it kind of just doesn't make any sense for her to say things like that, or any other female fighter for that matter. I'm interested into your thoughts on UFC, uh, which of course is the big brand name in MMA. You mentioned that it's gone on kind of this right word trajectory and Dana White uh, has fully, you know, I think gone way over, you know, way over in that direction, especially in recent years. What do you think that does for the, the, the kind of tenor around the sport in general? Like is UFC driving that mentality or is it a reflection of you think something that's like ingratiated in mixed martial arts or not ingratiated, but, you know, par- firmly part of the foundation of mixed martial arts? I wouldn't say that it's firmly part of the foundation of mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts in the beginning wasn't what it is today. You know, it had, I'm quite sure it had some elements of right wingism. Yeah. (laughs) If that's even a word, um, in it, but it wasn't, there weren't, the the fighters weren't talking to each other or about each other or saying the things that they were saying back then as they are now as far as I remember I mean or allowed to 
just be as like brazen as they are, you know, I don't know. And, and also another, um, I don't, I don't think that all MMA promotions allow their fighters to say and do some of the things that UFC allows their fighters to do, or they are, their leaders aren't like Dana White and saying some of the things or promoting, um, politicians like Donald Trump, you know? Right. Right, right. Pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, so yeah. Fallon Fox into 2021. Give me, give me what's next. What are the next steps? The next steps. <laughs> the next steps in 2021, I think I'm going to be doing speaking engagements, um, doing whatever I can to promote the concept of transgender people in sports, you know, in a positive way. Um, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to for 2021. And perhaps, like, getting back in the gym and seeing what I can do um, martial arts-wise. We'll see what we can do. Good. I look forward to that. And, I mean, just, the, you know, so I obviously am a cis man, but in working in outsports, I've covered trans issues now for the last year plus. And, like, it's just – and all the stories we tell of all the trans athletes we profile, high school, college, whomever – they just want to play like everybody else. And to me, it's the ultimate cheap political boogeyman. They say the same crap about trans people that they said about gay people, you know, in the 70s and 80s. We'll molest your children. We'll do this and that. It's the same scare tactics bullshit. And I'm like, ultimately, it didn't work with us. And I don't think it's going to work now. Or You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so easy to see through. There's so many pressing issues we have in this country. And this is what you're really focusing on. It's... It's pretty insulting to the voters, I think. You would think they would have something else uh, bigger on their plate to deal with than trans athletes or LGBT athletes in general, right? It's like, right. It's not like I, uh, they have all this legislation going on in different states and stuff like that. It's like it actually matters in the long run, not in it. Yeah, it, 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 it's creating it's creating a scapegoat, I think, is what it is, right? I mean, it's yeah, people who, sure. people have no solutions. They don't have, you know, they don't have any problems, any solutions that help people for the problems we face. So let's scapegoat. You know, and I love all these guys who, you know, stand up for women's sports. I'd love them to name like three WNBA players. I bet you they can't do that. They don't care about women's sports, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, right, right. They don't care. Yeah. So we have They're spe- not hip to it. They don't know. They don't care. No. So we have speaking engagements to look forward to. We have you getting back in the gym and in the ring. Hopefully a more open society as well. So it's more safe to do those things. Uh, and uh, Fallon Fox, great to speak with you. Thanks for taking the time. Great to talk to you too, Alex. All right. So thanks for tuning in to episode number 57 of the Sports Kiki. And again, Fallon Fox, I really uh, appreciate her taking the time and sharing her story As always, if you have any topic ideas, guest ideas, my DMs on Twitter are open, against my better judgment, but they are open. Find me there, at AlexReamer1. That, again, is at AlexReamer1. So long, and we'll talk to you next Saturday.